Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Hey, ladies, we are so excited that you're joining us for a very special episode today. We've got Danny Mackey with us. Say hey, Danny. Hello, everybody. I just want to tell you a little bit about Danny and a little bit about why we have her on as a guest today. Um, so, Danny and I are both in fellowship at Victory Life Church. If you are from the Durant area, even if you don't know who Danny is, you probably would recognize her from the many hats that she wears around town. You, um, it's possible that you could have seen her with her involvement um, with the Shakespearean Festival or other theatrical things involving the college or, or nearby communities. I know she's done some work in Ardmore uh, with their maybe community theater type program there. Uh, Danny also runs social media um, for the Durant campus of Victory Life. Her family owns a business. She's a mom of two boys so uh, and involved with Durant Main Street. So you can see her running a lot of different directions in Durant on any given day. And uh, one of the things Danny does through a church that I love is that she does uh, these special interview pieces with folks where she gets to interview mm -hmm. different personalities uh, from our church family. But today, Danny is on the other side of the interview, and uh, we're going to ask her uh, ask her some questions, some tough questions. Um, it's an honor to have her here. We were we were just praying before this, and I was thanking God that she was willing to share her pearls with us, valuable things from her life that have come with great um, expense, um, that are are not cheap things to discuss, and. Um, and so thank you, Danny. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. And I'm also, excited. if you've not been to Entourage Monthly Gathering, we meet the second Tuesday of the month, and Danny will be um, co-leading worship with Jesse. Oh, I can't back out now. And Lindsay Rude. <laughs> uh, so we have to have this podcast episode out by then so everyone can hear, hear that. So that'll be at the Monterey 630, Tuesday the 11th, a week from today. Um, so, Danny, I want to hop right into the topic of our discussion, and it's depression. Mm -hmm. And on your social media, you've been very open that this has been something in your life that you've struggled with. On your social media, you're also very open that faith for a long time has been an active part of your life. So talk to us a little bit about um, what that's looked like to battle depression when it showed up and what it's looked like to be a growing believer okay. battling depression. All right. So I'm not sure exactly... I can't pinpoint exactly when it showed up in my life, um, but I can tell you that, you know, um, it, it was definitely in my teenage years whenever I started to really understand that I was experiencing something that wasn't right. Um, I lived in isolation quite a bit, and um, when it was probably about five or six years ago, um, there was a scripture that I read and it said, you know, he was talking to his soul and, uh, talking, it was Psalm, Psalm I can't 42, remember. Psalm 42, maybe? 
I or David, remember. why are you downcast, oh my soul? Yep, that one. Let's see if that's it. Talking that to it. his soul. That's the one. But anyway, that that really looked it looked very different to me. I'd heard that verse and heard that verse very many times, but that part just I was like, oh, he's talking to his soul. Telling his soul that even though you don't feel like it, I'm still going to praise God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I've gotten into this thing where I'm I'm telling my soul, like, listen, um, I'm going to do this stuff, and eventually you're just going to line up with what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right, and with whatever God's doing. And through that process, that's when it kind of began the healing process for me, is that um, I decided because depression will lie to you. It will tell you that you're too tired to do something, um, even down to taking a shower. It depends mm-hmm. on, you know, what depression is lying to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it did for me. There are many things that lied to me about, like it, taking a shower would take too much energy out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't want to take a shower. But every time that I did, it was like a slap in the face of depression. Mm-hmm. So every time I did those little things... Um, faithfully throughout, you know, every single day. And not that every single day I was victorious, but Mm -hmm. those little victories constantly and making sure that I'm staying faithful to God through all of that, um, that's what helped me get to a point of it wasn't getting rid of depression, but uh, lessening its power over me. That's good. If that makes sense. And that's great immediate app. I mean, this whole interview is not just about application. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Danny, our heart for this interview is for one woman to feel seen and feel heard. I mm-hmm. think with anything that we do through Entourage, I go back to the encounter that Jesus had with a woman with the issue of blood, where she received a healing from the Lord. And then he called her out, not in rudeness, but because I believe he wanted her to know that she was seen. She Mm -hmm. wasn't, he didn't just want to heal her. He wanted to see her and he wanted to transform her identity and her name. She became daughter instead of the woman with issue of blood. So I just want to say that to the listener, like Mm -hmm. our goal, if you are battling depression or you know someone battling depression, or maybe you're a mom with a teenage daughter and something that Danny said has triggered as she talked about her teenage years. Like we want you to feel seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you once you feel seen by someone, even in the natural, once you feel loved by someone, that creates an unprecedented opportunity for an amazing, impactful work to begin. And we believe yes. that to be true with the Lord. Yeah. Before we go into the next part of this conversation, I do want to read the scripture Danny's talking about. It's Psalm 42. The whole, uh, it's 11 verses, and, and really these verses are a dialogue between David and his soul, yeah. really. Um, but I'm going to skip down to verses 8 through 11, and it says, By day the Lord commands a steadfast love, and his, at night his song is with me a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, I shall again praise him. He is my salvation, mm-hmm. and He is my God. And I think, Danny, uh, even the truth of that, where verse 11 says, My adversaries taunt me all 
day long. Mm -hmm. You talked about how depression lies to you and you gave an example of a lie uh, more relevant in the now or, or maybe even when you did it. Go back to when you were a teenager and you said you noticed some things weren't right. What did lies look like then versus what they looked like in in adulthood or are they the same the it, lies of depression it, it was pretty much the same uh one of the biggest lies is that people were tolerating me instead of actually liking me and so that carried on into my adulthood um and of course there were pockets where I didn't feel like I was experiencing depression mm-hmm. if that makes sense like mm-hmm. there were, there were pockets in my life where I was just fine, but it was more of a veneer of something. I I can't quite pinpoint it. Like I was putting my hope in being good at theater. Mm -hmm. I was putting my hope in doing this and maybe that would make me happy. But uh, what it was is that I, you know, the way that I grew up, which I can't really talk about yet, Mm -hmm. but it put me in isolation Mm -hmm. big time. And so... I couldn't necessarily have close friends. And so if you're in isolation, that really makes room for the enemy to come in and hurt you. Mm-hmm. The thing is, what depression is really is a result of an of an injury uh, to your soul. Yeah. So just like I was telling Jesse a minute ago, <clears throat> if there's like a if you like tear a muscle in your leg, mm-hmm. you're not gonna go run a 5K the next day, yeah, right? Like you probably need to go through physical therapy, get wrap it up and and all that kind of stuff. There's a process to that healing. And um, and as a result of that, you're going to limp probably. You're going to need some crutches Mm -hmm. possibly, depending on what the injury is. Sure. So for me, I feel like the Lord revealed to me is that depression is a result. It's like a limp. Mm-hmm. As a result of an injury that happened to your soul, to your mind, mm-hmm. um, it could be an emotional injury. But even if you're physically hurt, like people in chronic pain, that usually precedes depression or anxiety, either one. And then um, I also see uh, the soul is kind of a kind of this gateway to your body from your spirit. As kind of so, once your soul is so your body is hurting constantly, then your soul starts hurting, then your body starts hurting worse and becomes this terrible cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, how do you end that cycle? Well, remember that there's three parts to you. There's your spirit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really tapping into that. Um, but those small little victories that I would experience in staying faithful to God because what depression is, because we live in a world, in a fallen world, and what depression is, is part of the world. But Jesus experienced very harsh mental anguish. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like we read that, we know who he is, we, but we don't think about that really if we saw him in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm-hmm. if we saw him doing that, what would we think if we knew it wasn't Jesus? Mm-hmm. We would think something is wrong. And typically, you know, the church at large, we we tend to tell people that you need to pray more. You need to read your Bible more. You know, all that kind of stuff. Definitely need to do that anyway. 
but not to get better and not to feel better, but to stay in relationship with God in spite of those things. Mm-hmm. That's what it really, really wants. So we're probably going to experience depression or experience hurt. We are going to. There's no avoiding that. Yeah. But staying faithful to God through depression is, is seriously a slap in the face of depression. So then you take its power away front, you know, power over you away. Yeah. So it's not a, necessarily about getting rid of depression. It's your mindset of saying that doesn't have power over me. It's present, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have power over me. And I'll be really honest with you, last week even, it tried to get at me. Yeah. Okay. So, but I've, you know, the Lord has grown me so much that I can identify it. And I'm like, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to allow it to do that. Like it'll lie to me and say, uh, it'll kind of make you suspicious of Mm -hmm. what people are saying or suspicious of, um, you know, how people really think about you. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, we're not going there because that'll put you back in isolation. That's right. So we can't we can't allow ourselves to let it have power over us. It may be present, but those small little uh, decisions that we make mm-hmm. to be faithful to God and to say you don't have power over me. Mm-hmm. There it is. I want to I want to draw up two things that she said. One, when we're talking about soul, spirit, and body, a simple definition for soul. Um, would would be mind, will, emotions, mm-hmm. just to think about that if that's not part of, of your everyday thinking about yourself. And we are we are triune beings. We are made in the image of a triune God, right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so we do have uh, this chemistry that we are soul, we are spirit, we are body. Mm-hmm. And it all and, and with that in mind it makes sense why David is is talking to his soul, trying to get it get it in alignment. Now David um was a, a beautiful uh, type of uh, of things to come in the New Testament. He was a type of Jesus. You talked about Jesus in Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. You know, David was a uh, priest. He was prophet. He was he was king in, in in these different seasons of his life. He was shepherd, um, and he had a lot of soul warfare. But mm-hmm. he also had a measure of the Holy Spirit on him in a way that not everyone from the Old Testament did, but David did. Samuel anointed him. He put the Spirit of God on mm-hmm. him, um, in him. That is why David was able to operate just in a very way that was unique to yeah. to that time. And um, and it's because of the Spirit of God on him. And so well, we, even with that, I want to encourage people David, we tend to romanticize him a lot. He was totally messed up, and still he was a man after God's own heart. So even if you feel like you you mess up too much or like you feel like you're going through all this stuff and there's no way that, you know, God could be pleased with you or whatever, come on, if he can be pleased with David, he can be pleased with you, <laughs> you know? Because right. it's it's about David being, you know, faithful, like wanting God wanting to, you know, a man after God's own heart, just knowing, wanting his heart, you know, wanting to be in his presence. And so, you know, that didn't come, you know, that came with David being messed up. He made a Mm -hmm. lot of mistakes and that's, 
that's yeah. the grace of God right there. So. Right. And if you don't know about David, he committed murder, adultery. Mm-hmm. He had discipline problems as a parent. <laughs> he did a lot. There were a lot of things that David did wrong. But I love what you said, and it's a good reminder. Uh, it's a good reminder in the middle of this conversation. David, God saw the heart of David. Mm-hmm. He saw who he created David to be, and he right. saw what was at the core of David, even when David couldn't see it in himself. Right. And that, um, as you, as as Danny is talking about those moments where you become suspicious of how other people see you or what they think or even how you see yourself, God sees the real you. And in Genesis, He created you, and He said that you were good. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to that uh, with another talking about that with another friend this morning. It means uh, agreeable, and, and that word "good" means agreeable. Yeah. Like there is something in you that agrees with the Word of God that you that you came into existence because he chose to speak into existence. Mm -hmm. And when he looks at you, he sees that. And so when we want to live in that, then we do have to strengthen strengthen our spirit. One other thing I want to say is that as we're talking about how depression lies, um, I've heard it said that um, feelings are real, but they're not always true. And I think that it's important to say that if you are feeling... um, that attack come at you saying you cannot, you're not worthy of a friend, you don't have what it takes to do this, you don't have enough in you to shower or to lead whatever you've been asked to lead, whatever those things are, be, are that doesn't mean that like we don't want to um, illegitimize that you're feeling those things because those feelings are real. Absolutely. But they're not true. And that all goes back to what Danny's saying about Psalm 42 where David's soul is saying, where are you, God? Where are you, God? And then he's saying to his spirit, but I'm going to put my hope in God, and I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust in him. And so, Danny, I want to talk about the shame as a as a believer sometimes we we have some crazy <laughs> thought i do this in my own life that like god doesn't know that we have shortcomings <laughs> you know or that we have struggles yet he right. gave his own son because <laughs> of that very uh truth yeah and so talk about the shame barrier of being a believer and um battling depression and so for a woman that's listening that's thinking man I resonate with what Danny's saying, but I'm not about to admit to anyone that I'm struggling with depression because I can't handle the shame. What would you say to her? Okay. So there are people who will look at you a little different. Okay. There's no avoiding that. But here's what I want to say to everyone is that is de- depression isn't something that you did to yourself. It happened to you, just like a car wreck. You didn't do that to yourself. Like I said, it's an injury. It's a result of an injury. There's an injury in your soul somewhere, and it's about the wellness of your soul. Um, and so there, you wouldn't shame someone that um, shut their finger in the door. You know, there was an injury somewhere, but it's hard to pinpoint because it's not this physical injury that you can see. You know, it's something that you have to follow the strand back into your past and understand where that came from. Um, Because you you can't take care of something that you're not aware of. My mom says, and this is such a wisdom, you have to see it to grieve it. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Lisa Turk. How do you say her last name? Lisa. Turkhurst. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa. Lisa. Yes. She says, um, you have to feel to heal. 
Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just, go yeah. ahead what you're saying. But I think that's important. Sometimes we don't want to acknowledge those pains, right? But we have to. Mm-hmm. Just like if you're in physical therapy and you have to work a hurt area back into practice, Hebrews says, um, therefore, um, put back your lame joints into into. Yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it gives you this command and kind of the same picture of like physical therapy yeah. and joints well, I mean, and legs your mind, and heels. Your mind is a muscle. That's true. It's a muscle. So just like any other muscle that you're going to be working out, that's one. But the thing is, like, he, there was one day I was in the shower. Yeah, I was taking a shower. <laughs> Go me. So uh, I was in the shower, and the Lord showed me. It was all of a sudden <clears throat> unpacked all these things from my past because there was a—the way I was living— um, you know, whenever I was a kid, I didn't realize, I just thought that whenever I escaped, whenever I graduated high school and moved to Durant, I thought that I escaped that and which I did, I escaped living in it, but I didn't escape the hurt and the damage that it did. And that was a problem. And I didn't, I didn't know that I needed to address that. I thought if I just got out of that situation, then I'd be good. Mm-hmm. You know, then I would be happy. But the thing is, the Lord showed me, here's what it did to your mind. Here's what, like he unpacked all of these things. This is why you were in isolation. This is what caused this. This is, and it, in the span of like five minutes. And the thing is, the Lord isn't going to reveal something like that to you until you're ready. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's all about being postured towards the Lord so that you can hear those things that he's going to say. Because you know what? If I had, if I had postured myself to, towards the Lord sooner, I might have gotten that revealed sooner, but I wasn't ready. Um, that's what prayer is for. That's what reading your Bible is for, is being postured towards the Father, not just to feel better, not just to be happier, but to be in relationship with him because you can hear what he's saying. To hear saying. truth. Yeah. yeah. So... <clears throat> So when we tell people with depression, uh, you know, you need to read your Bible more and pray more so you'll feel better, we kind of cheapen the power of prayer. We're we're not doing prayer to just feel better. Yeah. We're doing prayer to be closer to God and and be transformed, mm-hmm. not just to feel better. Yeah. Um, Andy Stanley, I was telling her this, I was telling Jesse this, I say her, like y'all can see her, but <clears throat> I was telling Jesse earlier, um, Andy Stanley has this thing where he, he thinks of it like a train. Um, your emotions need to be the caboose. Emotions are okay, but they don't need to be the engine mm-hmm. that drives you. It's good. And I was in that, I was, I just heard that a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, that's a perfect illustration. You know, yeah. like I've always said, like, you know, your emotions are real, but they're not reality. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said that. And I was like, that's good, but that's better. I like that train <laughs> thing. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, Andy Stanley. Um, call me. Uh, love to dig in your brain. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like he says the most brilliant things. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate his teachings as well. But, but, uh, but that shame thing, you know, that that is that shame part is actually also the depression lying to you. Mm-hmm. So we put ourselves in isolation, and we almost shame ourselves more than other people are shaming us. Mm-hmm. Does I that make sense? That. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, we think people couldn't handle us. People mm-hmm. are tolerating us. And, and the more we say that, we actually speak it into life. And eventually they might just actually start tolerating you. Um, and that happened to me. I pushed so many friends away. I had unrealistic expectations of my friends. I needed them to make me happy. But also, I didn't want to be around them either. So, I mean, like, what are they supposed to do? I put these expectations that on my friends to make me happy and to bring joy to me. But that's God's job. Yeah. That's not my friend's job. But the but depression will tell you, you know, your friends don't really care about you. If they did, they would be doing this. Yeah. If they did, they would bring you, you know, chicken noodle soup because you're in bed depressed. Mm-hmm. No. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. You know, the... You have to tell depression to to shut up by praising God, by yeah. thanking God and being closer to Him. Two things that you said um, uh, when you talked about cheapening prayer, like when, you, when you're talking about when people give the suggestion of prayer so mm-hmm. that there's an outcome in how you feel being mm-hmm. different. It, it reminds me, I'm reading The True Vine right now by Andrew Murray, and he talks about the importance of John 15, of, of abiding in the true vine. And it's only when we abide there that we can unleash the power of heaven in yeah. the fruit into our lives and into the world. And so when you're talking about that posturing, um, to hear the Father, to hear truth, to hear revelation, that it's going to be a light that's going to set begin your journey of freedom and setting yeah. you free, like that that means a, that is abiding and um and I, I just, I love that that picture. I think it, it's familiar language to the believer, so familiar that we just hop over it sometimes. Yeah. But there are blessings from heaven to be unleashed. There's yeah. power from heaven to be unleashed, but it comes from us just abiding in who He is. He is yeah. the true vine, true, keyword true. Yeah. He is the true vine. If you want truth in your life, You've got to posture yourself in truth. Yeah. I also want to draw out that you said specifically like the showers were something that were an issue. And then I love that God spoke to you in the, in shower. the shower. And I think that that's important. <laughs> the very places that the enemy, the same could probably be said of friendships, community, church, take your pick. The the very areas that the enemy, um, through a mechanism of, of depression, uh, wants to keep you out of are often the very areas that you're going to find freedom in. Yeah. And I just thought that was a beautiful testimony <laughs> as you shared it. Immediately, I immediately thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm like, it's almost like the Lord was like, I saw your tears and here they are in a shower and <laughs> like, you know, cause he's counting your tears. That's right. Psalm says know? that. And, and Keeps so every time, every time he, every time I, I have to have a good cry. Every time I'm discouraged and I'm crying, I think of the Lord counting my tears. And, and it's almost like this thing where like, the enemy has it coming, you know, like it's almost like he's going to drown the enemy out with my tears. That's yeah. what I picture. I don't know what he's going to do with them, but he's going to do something with them if he's keeping them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, even I was talking with my friend Levi Bennett yesterday and he was talking about when when Jesus was flipping tables mm-hmm. in the temple and, and all of that. And and he talked about Jesus flipping the tables in your in your heart. Yeah. And clearing it out of thieves. That's good. Right? And I was he was he was talking about this. I was like, oh man, that's good. That's really good because I feel like that's what Jesus did. He that's flipped good. tables in my that's heart. Really good. And and then, you know, you have people coming in and praising 
you know, praising God in that very temple and, and all of that. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's kind of what happens with, you yeah. know, depression. Like Jesus says, this is a thief. Yeah, that's right. And just to give some expression to what she, what Danny's referencing um, during Jesus's life in, in ministry, they go up to the temple, and um, for those who were traveling in um, that, that had to make their their sacrifices and offerings, um, if they were traveling so far that it was un, you know like unfeasible that they couldn't um, you know bring certain things with them, then there was the opportunity for them to purchase these items so that they could be compliant with what mm-hmm. the law was in the Old Covenant. And uh, But they begin to like price gouge and take advantage of God's people so that God's people had to do something unnecessarily costly to get into compliance with what um, what the word was, yeah. and so I love this parable that or this illustration <laughs> that you're using. We'll call it a parable, Levi's parable, <laughs> uh, um, not like the tax collector Levi's <laughs> minute. Um, that's so funny. Um, I love that because that the depression does exploit, and even thinking about that shame barrier where it says, "Oh, you need to do something more or be something more, so that you can yeah. enter in to pure worship with the mm-hmm. Father." And all we need is Jesus to right. enter into pure worship. So that is absolutely exploitation to to think, "Okay, I need to address this in my life and get it totally under control." Uh, before I can enter into worship, right. Jesus does want to flip that table over, yeah. and and it wasn't anger like <laughs> for no for for the point of uh, or vanity or an idleness. It was anger because that worship had been infringed upon. Yeah. And you're right that that is so, that is a good word. Good job, Levi. Yeah. I have to keep tuning on that. <laughs> well, as we kind of wrap up this part, we could keep going and, and going. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone's like, what is my next step right now? Um, like I, I do feel like I'm battling depression. Maybe it's a secret. Maybe it's not a secret. What, um, what would you encourage them to do? One thing today that they could do to, to would, begin walking this out with the Lord. I would say if you, you work at like physical therapy, what's your first step in physical therapy? You go get checked out. You know, um, if you, some people have different measures of depression. So really, um, what it is, um, kind of one of the things that are difficult for you, even if it's like washing dishes or if there's, if one of the things that are, that's difficult for you is going out to coffee with friends because that's difficult because then you have to take a shower and you know, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Of course, if you're my friend, you don't have to take a shower. I still love you. <laughs> so, and that's usually how all of us are, especially after we have kids. We're like, yeah, shower. <laughs> it's, it's a, you know. Luxury. Luxury. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but the thing that is hard for you to do that you think that you could do, the hardest part is getting started. You know, it, whenever you're, when you're looking at the dishes and Depression's telling you you're too tired to do that and that'll take everything out of you. Um, do those dishes. Just start with one dish. You know, it's kind of like tithing. You know, we tithe in faith. We don't tithe out of law. Mm-hmm. We tithe, you know, if sometimes people don't have faith for 10%. And then there's people who have faith for 20%, but I don't understand them. So, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you have faith for a dollar. 
you know, tithing with a dollar. So you tithe that dollar in faith. So mm-hmm. it's like doing that first step in faith um, with God. It's yeah. not out of uh, doing something as a regiment. Mm-hmm. It's something out of faith. Because if I'm if I have faith for a dollar, but I'm giving ten dollars, and I'm worried about the other nine, I'm not a joyful giver, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to tie that one thing today. Mm-hmm. God's going to return that to me. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so just like those little steps, do what you can today. And, you know, sometimes I would talk with somebody else. Um, my friend and I, we prayed over somebody at United Prayer mm-hmm. who was, he was open about it. He said, I'm dealing with depression. I haven't been to work in a week. And I told him, and the things that I was telling him, similar to what I'm, I'm telling you today, um, he was feeling great. He, you could see a spark in his eye and he was ready to go start working on that. And I said, now listen, you feel really good tonight, but depression is hearing what I'm telling you today, and it's going to say, I see what she said, and I'm going to raise you double. Mm-hmm. It's, it may be hard when you wake up tomorrow, so mm-hmm. do what you can in faith. Yeah. So that, and I know that sounds discouraging, that depression will try to eat at you more like the next day. But that's whenever it realizes it's losing power, so it's grasping at straws. We see that in anxiety ministry as well, Mm -hmm. um, that often once that healing journey begins, it comes on full force, and it it almost wants to shut people up, like, why did I pursue stepping into freedom? (laughs) You know, this feels more intense than it did. Um, But um, we serve the King of Kings and Mm -hmm. the Lord of Lords. And, um, and he is good yeah. and he, he wants us to walk in freedom because he bought it for us. Yeah. And I think it's just a measure of, will we, will we be faithful to walk out with him? Mm -hmm. Uh, these things, one other question, if there's a friend listening or a parent who suspects that they have a loved one that is really battling depression, but they've not come out with it, should they, what should they do? How should they love someone well? Just don't let them be alone. Um, But the thing is, there's a choice that that person has to make as well. But going alongside them and doing life with them is more important than saying, hey, are you going through depression? Because, you know, God will open the opportunity. But the biggest thing that my best friend did because there were times that I shut her out Mm because I thought she was tolerating me. Bethany Bishop, this is you. I love you. (laughs) And, but she would get so frustrated because she knew that depression was lying to me. She knew that it wasn't true. She knew that things were, that things were happening in my head that weren't true. Um, She never actually talked to me about it a lot. Mm -hmm. She prayed for me and never told me about it. Mm-hmm. until I think it was last year. Yeah. And I can guarantee those prayers helped me. Yeah. And so don't discount the power of prayer, mm-hmm. um, praying for your friends, because it's not, uh, don't try to be their savior. Yeah. Because a lot of times that's what we try to do. And sometimes they, when we're going through depression, we become a victim. Mm-hmm. So we don't need a savior. We need the savior. That's right. Um, so don't try to be a, 
a savior to somebody with depression, just walk with them and pray for them and just do life with them. Um, they may shut you out, but don't give up because Bethany Bishop, I, I'm telling you, she's like the friend you want to have. <laughs> um, she she never gave up on me. She would leave me alone if I needed to. But then she would like, okay, Danny Mackey, we're doing this. She can, she seems really sweet, but she can be bossy. <laughs> um, but she would say, I'm not letting you stay here. That's the kind of, that's father's love. Um, yeah. Like, I love you too much to let you stay here. So I'm going to take you where I believe that you can go uh, for today and we'll keep working. That so. makes me think of Zacchaeus uh, yep. and, um, <laughs> and Zacchaeus's lack. Um, you know, he, he got up into the tree so that he could see Jesus. But Jesus wanted to see him and he wanted to dine with him. Yeah. And it, it required um, Zacchaeus moving yeah. from where he was. Um, and, and I just, I love... I love that, that Jesus extends that invitation to come in to dine with us and even um, in... Even for us short people. For short people. Short people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to ask you, Danny, um, before we hop off here, to just pray for our listeners. And I, I want to just say, too, this has been a very... I mean, de- depression is a broad and a deep topic. Mm-hmm. And as Dania said, there are many forms of it. There are there are many um, seasons of it. You may have lost a loved one or gone through a divorce. There may be something circumstantial besides, you know, um, trauma or growing up or something from years past that is really bringing a harvest of depression in your life. But everything that Danny said is true for that too. It's not letting it be Lord. It's choosing to, um, to in faith each day, take the next step and um, even if it's a small a mm-hmm. small step and um, in in strengthening your spirit through the power of prayer through the abiding posture with the Lord and and so um, if you do uh, need help um, immediately seek out godly counsel mm-hmm. um, um, through a through a pastor through a friend that you trust through a professional practitioner yeah um, God, God used a variety of methods to mm-hmm. heal people and to serve and to minister with people. And, and I, so I want to go ahead and say this too. Um, if you're on medication and and you feel like, you know, God has healed you, you know, like, yes, God has healed us at the cross, you know, all that kind of stuff. But don't stop taking your medicine because somebody else told you to do that. That's between you and the That's Lord. That's between you and the Lord. That's Unless right. the Lord himself tells you to stop talk, taking your medication, don't stop. That's something that you have to hear from the Lord and do it in faith. And he knows that you're ready. Because right now, you know, I've had friends that even on the low dosage form, um, they did that just to basically keep them alive yeah. and to be able to gather their thoughts a little bit and be able to, you know, make sure that they're posturing themselves towards God and all that kind of stuff. So don't stop taking your medication just because someone told you to or yeah, or prophesied over it. You know, if you didn't hear it from God yourself, don't stop taking it. Thanks for sharing that, Danny. And we always, in Hearts at Rest, we always um, 
yeah, just just encourage that what I said, God uses a variety of ways Mm -hmm. to bring people into wholeness. And even with King Hezekiah, uh, when he extended his life, he gave the prophet um, that brought forth that word that God was going to extend his life a very specific measure of of ingredients and a plant and and the solution (laughs) about how his healing was going to manifest for this extended period of his life. Yeah, And so, um, yeah, we just trust in the Lord, but we don't have to be be the Lord, right. and that's so good. So move how you will, yeah. Lord. But Danny, if you would just pray for our listeners, right. um, then we'll close out from here. All right. Father, thank you so much for for Paige and for Jesse uh, for, for setting this up, Father, putting this on their hearts. Um, and thank you so much for everyone that listens to this. I pray that they understand to seek you even through depression, in spite of depression, in spite of anything that happens in our lives, Father, we know that we live in a broken world and that our faithfulness to you is what matters. That's what matters in this life, Father. It's not about the hurts. It's not about the pain, Father, that we look to you and that we continue our relationship with you throughout anything that we're going through. Father, thank you for never leaving us and never forsaking us. Um, Thank you for being with us even through depression, even if we can't feel you. Uh, We know that you're there, Father. And um, we just love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma.